And hello to everyone out there. Welcome to the Threes on Fire podcast, along with Sadell Boyd. I am your host, Irving Henderson. Uh, before we get into anything, uh, we'd like to send out a special rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Uh, Hank Aaron, up until uh, Barry Bonds broke his record, uh, was the all-time Major League Baseball leader in home runs with 755. Of course, the former hallowed number in baseball was 714, which belonged to Babe Ruth. Uh, I can't imagine uh, how tough it was for Mr. Aaron to uh, play in that era, especially in the South, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, for the Braves and the amount of massive hate mail that this man received just for being on the cusp of breaking a baseball record. And he actually held on to a lot of those letters and they are archived and it's absolutely disgusting, man. It's, it's, it's disgusting the way this man was treated. And I find it amazing that revisionist history you know, has the same people who really gave this man a bunch of crap celebrating him once Barry Bonds, you know, began to climb up and take his spot over as the all-time Major League Baseball uh, home run king. And uh, I guess one of the, I, I say, saddest stories behind uh, Aaron chasing Babe Ruth's record was uh, the night he hit 715, um, there were actual snipers inside mm -hmm. of Atlanta's Fulton County Stadium there to take out anyone who attempted to shoot at him. And there's a scene uh, once he crosses home plate where he's hugging his mother. It wasn't an emotional type hug. His mother was hugging him to protect him just in the off chance someone tried to shoot at him. Now, that says a lot. You understand? That says a lot. Like, like his mother, yeah, his mother was, was ready to, you know, lose her own life to protect her son over a game. You know, and, and there's no doubt that when you start talking about the, the greats uh, of baseball history, which is, is a long list, but Hank Aaron is definitely among the all-time greatest to ever play, play the game, and he will be sorely missed. So, uh, Mr. Aaron, rest in peace. Um, I guess I want to kick today's show off talking about the Uncrowned Eastern Conference champions. <laughs> now, yeah, go there. Now, of course. Now, you know, once the, the Harden trade went through, you know, we had, I heard everybody basically saying, like, okay, well, the, the Nets are going to run the Eastern Conference, and the Nets are this, and the Nets are that, and they won their first couple of games. And then I told you that the the telltale sign was going to be how this team played once Kyrie Irving came back. And Kyrie returned Wednesday, and they went out and played against the uh, 
Cleveland Cavaliers. All three played, and they lost to the Cavs in double overtime, 147 to 135. Now, first and foremost, first and foremost, I know people are going to say, well, you know, chemistry takes time. Yeah, but none of y'all were saying all that when this trade went down. Nobody said all that. Nobody was saying, hey, give these guys time to, you know, gel and become a cohesive unit. No, it was everybody was placing their money down on the nets all of a sudden, you know, leaping to the top of the Eastern Conference standings, right? And it's not even just, listen, it's not even just that they lost. I actually watched the overtime periods, and I want to say thank you to the NBA for opening up the uh, the league pass for free for another week. Uh, I actually watched Colin Sexton do whatever he wanted in those overtime periods, right? And in particular, in the second overtime, he was, yo, he was cooking. I mean, he was at the top of the key, behind the three-point line, did a step-back dribble move in Kevin Durant's face and splashed the three. And it went from now, the final score was 147 to 135. They won by 12, and they won by 12 because uh, Sexton was just throwing up anything he wanted, and it was going in. And it was, uh, oh, how, how, how poetic, how poetic that the nail in the coffin <laughs> was, was hammered in by Torian Prince in the corner for three, and the Nets lose that first game with, uh, with their big three playing together. Okay, no problem. They're still in Cleveland. They play Friday night. No Kevin Durant. He played a lot uh, Wednesday in, in the double overtime game. But, again, you still have Harden. You still have Kyrie. And they lost to the Cavaliers again, this time 125 to 113. Now. Is this possibly one of the worst defensive backcourts in the league? Yes. <laughs> There's uh, no doubt about that. I mean, who, who what backcourt is at, is worse defensively? I, I listen, I I was struggling with that, trying to figure out like, is maybe there the a Hawks? Maybe the Hawks. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I'm I'm looking at this. I mean, that's you're looking at what 100 and 125, 147. Like that is that is a ridiculous amount of points to be given up. And here's here's the thing. I, I I do think offensively, offensively, the Nets are good. Defensively, this is the thing I was talking about when you bring in a guy like Harden for everything he gives you on one side of the ball, he doesn't give you on the other side. Now, I don't think it's I that think, cut and dry with Harden. You don't? I think I think more so Kyrie is the defensive problem. Okay. Well, I had another issue with Kyrie, though. But go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because, I mean, Sexton is technically Kyrie's man. He is. <laughs> no, he is. And, and, and he had a night. he had a night where he – was able to get so unbelievably hot. Like, was was it was that like a career high for the young bull? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's Kyrie's man. 
So I think there was a point that he had scored like 18, 18 uh, points in a row just, just right. for the Cavs. He himself like scored 18 straight points for that team. Like in the overtime periods, he li- literally put that team on his back and carried them to that win. Yeah, so I think uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say because – it, it, it's going to come down to defense for this team. Mm-hmm. If, if they're going to make any kind of – make the kind of playoff push that uh, everybody thinks they're going to make. And well, I, I kind of knew – I kind of knew that that would be a problem because they did give up their best two defensive players. I did say that. I didn't just – you know, I didn't say they wasn't going to have any problems. I said that uh, – I mean, actually, the office of chemistry kind of went along smoother than I thought it would. I thought they were going to have a problem on that end when Kyrie came back. I thought they would become less efficient. But, I mean, they're scoring at a torrid pace, so they actually kind of seamlessly fit together pretty easily with James Harden basically running the point now and deciding to take over, you know, just in spurts to get, you know, enough shots to get his 20 to 25. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have an issue with the defense. And I don't know how they solve that issue. They don't have – they only have one big man. And, right. Uh, unless they allowed um, – dang, what's the kid's name? He was playing while Kyrie was out. Uh, Brooks, I believe. Right. Uh, he's going to have to get more minutes because he, he can defend a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and 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 I'm glad you like pivoted to the offensive efficiency. Now, here's my thing: you bring in a guy like James Harden, and he's your two guard. I don't care what the situation is. My point guard should not be taking more shots than my two guard, unless we have a major problem going on here. And you do look at the shot disparity in both of these games. Uh, Wednesday night. Kyrie took 28 shots, Harden 14. Friday night, Kyrie took 24 shots, Harden 14. Well, time out, time out. Offensively, Harden has become their point guard. Is that what you want, though? Is that what you want? I mean, is is that what you want from Harden? I I don't think, listen, you don't bring this guy in to run the point. I think you do. Okay. I think that's. I think that's what – I mean, uh, you can't forget Harden led the league in assists one year. He's a guy that's totally – and see, this is what I, I try to tell people when I get into these debates about Harden. Mm-hmm. Harden doesn't necessarily have to be that guy that dribble, dribble, dribble and jacks up 25 shots a game. Mm-hmm. And, and you're basically watching him dribble for 20 seconds out of the shot clock. I actually believe that he can legitimately play point guard. He can really – spend most of his time setting up his teammates and then picking and choosing when he wants to go on a little self, self-made self run to get his own offensive uh, game going one-on-one. He does well, that. I can tell you. I can tell like, you. He that. did that at OKC. He did that mm-hmm. from way back at OKC. And I know he evolved into this main alpha dog player, but I don't. I never thought that, that that part of his game left. I just thought he evolved into more of – I mean, he just has that repertoire in his game. I think his game is that well-rounded that he can play both sides of that fence. He can be the number one guy if his team needs him to be that, and he can be the guy that 
be the main facilitator and just gets his when, you know, the team needs a bolster in points. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and here's the thing. I, 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 definitely, I definitely get that side of it, and I definitely see that side of it. At the same time, uh, the, the thing that I said was going to be an issue is there's only one ball. And even if I'm not even just saying Harden and Kyrie specifically, but yeah. add Kevin Durant to that mix, right? And then let's go back to Wednesday night. You have Harden and Durant on the floor at the same time, and Kyrie still jacked up 28 shots. Like, that's going to be a problem. That's, that's going that's going to be a problem. And I don't know when 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 it's so bad on the other side, you understand what I'm saying? Two of those guys are gonna have to play phenomenal. Right. They're 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 gonna have to almost be lights out. Yeah. They're they're gonna have to basically outrun teams and outscore teams at a ridiculous pace because any team who has a good semblance of scoring balance can give this Nets team problems. Yeah. This is going to come down to them allowing James Harden to really run that point guard and really mm-hmm. make decisions with the ball. They can't really cater to Kyrie playing one-on-one like he AI out there. And yep. like you said, taking that vast majority of shots. Uh, uh, they're going to have to – Harden would have to consciously come down and be like, listen – <laughs> the ball is going to go to KD more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it's going to be your turn after KD. And then, you know, I know how to get mine. And, right. and, and that's how the hierarchy is going to have to have to be. And anytime Kyrie gets into this mode where when you give him the ball, he don't want to give it up. It's like, no, we're going to have to reel you back in, uh, bro. <laughs> well, you said, we'll see how- that, you said it yourself that KD is the best, you know, scorer that you played with pretty much basically right. from his own mouth. So you're going to have to let him actually do that. <laughs> well, somebody's going to have to emerge as a leader for this Nets team. And next up for them, a uh, quick turnaround as they will play the Heat Saturday night, which is uh, going to be another test for this team uh, to see uh, <laughs> just just exactly where they are Uh in the Eastern Conference. Uh, speaking of the Eastern Conference, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers this week also uh, played Wednesday and Friday nights. They had a two-game set with the Boston Celtics. They took both. Um, Joel B playing like an MVP candidate in both games. Uh, on Wednesday, he had 42 points and 10 rebounds. And on Friday night, he had 38 points and 11 rebounds. Now, I know there's some, like, all right, well, the Celtics weren't fully – I guess they weren't at full capacity. No, nah, forget all that. But I don't – listen, I, I we not – listen, one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to – I'm not going to allow anyone to throw any excuses out because nah, when we talked about we the Nets – No, listen, <laughs> when they talked about the Nets, first thing I heard, oh, well, they didn't have KD last night. Okay, well, did you extend that same courtesy to the Sixers when Embiid is not in the lineup? Or when exactly. Simmons is not in the lineup, you don't. So I don't listen. You you throw out there who you got out there. You either win or you exactly. lose. And exactly. the Sixers took both of those games from Boston, which makes me infinitely happier because you know uh, it's Boston. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Hold on. How about this? How about when the Sixers have their uh, healthy starting five? They are eight and zero. Oh. Hey, 
that's, that's now. Long. Now it'll be interesting to see uh, how they do uh, next week. Uh, next Wednesday, the Los Angeles Lakers will be in town. That is going to be a massive, massive matchup for the Sixers uh, here in the early season. Saturday night, they will take on the Detroit Pistons. A uh, quick recap of the rest of the scores from Friday night. Chicago beat Charlotte 123-110. to It was the Rockets over the aforementioned Detroit Pistons. 103 to 102 Orlando over Indiana 118 oh excuse me Indiana over Orlando in overtime 120 to 118 uh the Raptors over the Heat 101 to 81 uh the Atlanta Hawks over the Minnesota Timberwolves 116 98 uh the Mavericks over the Spurs 122 to 117 it was the Nuggets over the Suns 130 to 126 in overtime the Clippers over the Thunder 120 to 106 the Kings defeated the Knicks 103 to 94. And unfortunately, due to contact tracing in the COVID protocol, the Wizards, Bucks, and Grizzlies Blazers games were postponed. I guess the biggest news uh, sports wise out of Philadelphia this week was the hiring of Nick Sirianni to become the next Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Uh, he is the former Colts offensive coordinator and the 39-year-old new head coach of the Eagles uh, was brought in here to fix Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, I don't know. I know I've seen a lot of people, like, saying this was a bad hire, this was a bad hire. Like, why did – we don't know if it's a bad hire yet. Like things, things have to play themselves out before you say, you know, this was a good move or this was a bad move. Because here's what I remember. I remember when the Eagles hired Chip Kelly, right? And I remember all the talk about how he's this offensive genius, you know, this great offensive guru who's going to come in here and he's going to revolutionize the National Football League with his style of offense. And you know what? It worked for about one season. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then and then it went from Chip Kelly. What a great hire to. Oh, my God. Why did they bring this guy in here? Yeah. Flip side. When Doug Peterson was hired. Oh, he's Andy Reid 2.0. He's never been a head coach. This is going to be. And they win a Super Bowl. Right now, you can discuss whatever it is you want about the way that things ended. But the fact of the matter is. Doug Peterson will always be able to say he is a Super Bowl winning head coach. So regardless of how it ended, it was still worth it to hire him. So I don't know what Sirianni is going to do here. I don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. I don't know if he's going to be a bad head coach. I do know uh, the Eagles hired Andy Reid, who had no head coaching experience. That worked out. They hired Doug Peterson, had no coaching head coaching experience. That worked out. Um, but so just like give it some time, give it some time. And I will say, uh, this just added a massive amount of pressure on Carson Wentz. Now, if anybody thinks that this move took pressure off of Carson Wentz, oh no, 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 they're mistaken. They're definitely mistaken. Oh no, because now this is the organization telling Carson Wentz, "Okay, you're our guy." Prove to us that you're our guy. 
And if he doesn't, he's out of here. Yep. So to all this, don't think that this is this is a move that's gonna make this is gonna make life harder on Carson Wentz, especially in Philadelphia. Um, I do want to discuss uh, some of the things about this hire that I did not like, uh, and as it pertains to Deuce Staley. But we'll move on to that in our main topic when we discuss uh, the NFL's Rooney Rule. And just how I, 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 you know what, we'll, we'll get to that in the next segment. Um, yeah. Moving on, uh, the top 25 in college basketball uh, this week. Uh, and there will be a lot of movement going on uh, when the new poll comes out. Uh, once again, the yeah. top three still remains the same. It's Gonzaga and Baylor and Villanova holding the top three spots. Nova actually looking okay in their return to the floor uh, after their uh, multiple game postponements due to uh, the COVID protocol. Uh, Iowa's number four, but they lost to Indiana, so you can expect that they're going to drop. Texas is number five. Uh, Tennessee, number six, and they are going to drop far because they got obliterated by Florida this week. Uh, Michigan's number seven. Houston is number eight. Kansas is number nine. They lost to number two Baylor. So I don't know how far they're going to slide down, but you can expect that Kansas is going to slide down as well. Uh, Wisconsin rounds out the top 10. Uh, Finishing off the rest of the top 25, you have number 11 Creighton, who's going to drop after a loss to Providence. Texas Tech, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio State, they're going to drop because they lost to Purdue. Uh, Virginia Tech, Minnesota, Alabama, Missouri, Clemson, they're going to drop because they lost to Georgia Tech, Oregon, Illinois, UConn's going to drop out because they lost to St. John's, and the last two are UCLA and St. Louis and Sedell. I am going to tell you how far checked out I have been on this college basketball season. I had no idea that it was last week that your Duke Blue Devils dropped out of the top 25 poll. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had no, listen, I, I did not know. Like, uh, you know, I, I tweaked you a little bit this week after, uh, after y'all lost to Pitt, right? <laughs> I didn't realize until I saw it, like, wait a minute, they're not in the top 25 anymore? I thought they were still in the top 25. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I could look at that and I was like, ah, okay, it's going to be one of those type seasons, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm, listen. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get back into uh, the college basketball season. I, I'm serious. Oh, I literally I, I legit had no idea. Like <laughs> I did not. Wow. I didn't even I didn't even know. Listen, you I didn't know. Skip to the next college basketball season, man. We not going. <laughs> no, 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 no. You in this one, man? Y'all going? Listen, y'all going to make the tournament? You know, the only question is how how long are y'all going to stick around? Oh, <laughs> and finally, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, no, I ain't got nothing to say. You got it. You got it for right now. You got all it right. for right now. All right. Well, listen, we'll, we'll see Not how. Carolina. That's well, all it's, really well, well, here's the thing. Like, this is going to be an interesting uh, uh, tournament season. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like at that point now, like once the football season is over, I think I'll be able to give college basketball a little bit more attention. Yeah. But yeah, but like, yeah, I can't listen. This 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 tournament format is going to be crazy. 
and finally, uh, as we close out our opening segment, uh, so long to the NBC Sports Network. Uh, it was announced on Friday that the network will be shut down by the end of the year, which means that the National Hockey League and NASCAR, which are the two, I guess, premier sports that NBC Sports Network uh broadcast they're going to move to the usa network and their premier league soccer uh games will stream on the peacock app now i gotta tell you i i'm i'm uh i don't tend to watch much of nbc sports network unless like um unless there's like a major hockey game between two teams i actually would enjoy sitting down watching uh but i usually watch uh, the network when I'm at work late at night because they show the American Ninja Warrior reruns. And that's wow. become like one of my little guilty pleasures, like watching people like, you know, try to try to navigate through these ridiculously hard obstacle courses. Like, I know I can't do it. Like, I'm, I'm way out of shape. I wouldn't make it past the third obstacle. Like, by the time you get to the fourth obstacle, listen, I'm going to need an inhaler, uh, 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 apple juice and a nap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can't do it. Right there. Listen, I, I, I can't do it. Like these, those people, man, bless them, because they that takes a lot. That takes yeah. a lot of upper body strength, and you know, I, I am going to say like the one, especially that one where you got to kind of like hold on to the bar and like be balanced, and then try to jump the bar from from link to link. Oh man, listen. <laughs> I saw, listen, I saw one other night where they had like these rings on these pegs and you had to move the ring to the next peg and like slide over and then go up and then come down and then, man, look, y'all got that. (laughs) Y'all got that. Uh, But what you can expect now, uh, USA Network is going to, I guess, be Comcast's uh, version of TNT. You know, because TNT, you know, for the most part, you know, shows a lot of regular television shows and things of that nature. But, you know, during basketball season, TNT is where you go for the big marquee games. You know, now ESPN has their days, but TNT usually has, if I'm not mistaken, it's like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh Because uh, Tuesdays is usually like players, like the, the players only. I love those. I love those. I love those when they have the players uh, having their roundtables and then their players like announcing the games. Now, the quality of the announcing is bad, but I, I do love, I do love hearing those guys uh, and their back and forth banter. But uh, yeah, NBC Sports Network, uh, we hardly knew you. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Um. I want to get into a conversation about the NFL's Rooney rule and I'm going to try my hardest to keep it as PG or PG 13 as I possibly can. So uh, you guys sit tight and we will be back. You are listening to the threes on fire podcast. (laughs) 
All right, we're back with the Threes on Fire podcast. Um, Sedell, now I know I said uh, at some point I want to do a uh, review of One Night in Miami. I still haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, I'm thinking since since I'll be uh, working tonight, I think tonight uh, would be a good, good night to watch it. Uh, anybody that doesn't know, uh, I work at St. Joe's University. And I work inside the dorms. And right now, our students aren't on campus. So I'm pretty much just like stealing a paycheck right now. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch. If I don't watch it tonight, uh, I'll, I'll definitely watch it uh, at some point Sunday after the conference championship games. Uh, now, <clears throat> in our first uh, – in our, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it. It's good. Okay. Okay. Definitely, All right. Well, check that out. I'm waiting on you. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, because because I'm thinking I'm thinking next week would be a good time for us to have that discussion as we'll have like uh that window where there won't be any NFL because it'll be that little bye week between the conference championship game and the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. and right. and I'm hoping I'm fingers crossed I'm hoping that we are able to have our special guests for our Super Bowl preview episode. Uh, coming up the weekend of Super Bowl 55. Now, in the first segment, uh, I kind of touched on the Eagles' new head coaching hire. And I know last week we did our unfiltered on Doug Peterson, and I, I listened back to it, and there were some some issues with it, and I wasn't able to like get it to sound the way I wanted to, so... You know, that that's going to sit over here until I can figure out how to fix it. And now it's like completely irrelevant because the Eagles have hired a new head coach. Um, but I don't want to talk about uh, Nick Sirianni per se. I want to talk about uh, the league's Rooney rule. Yeah. Now, the Rooney rule is named after, if I'm not mistaken, either Art or Dan Rooney. Uh, former, or I don't want to say former, but the Rooney family owns the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Now, if you want an understanding of consistency, look no further than the Pittsburgh Steelers for consistency. Because I want you to understand something. Uh-huh. In my entire life existence, right? Yeah. And you can even go back further, right? I think you can go back to like 1969, if I'm not mistaken. But in my entire life existence, do you understand the Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches? Three. That's it. Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll. Uh, Bill Cowan. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So the Steelers <laughs> don't really do a whole bunch of like coach shuffling, right? But right. anyway. The Rooney Rule was implemented by the National Football League, uh, basically creating the environment for minority assistants and or, you know, minority head coaches, uh, either in, co in the college ranks, to be interviewed for uh, head coaching vacancies. Now, the rule simply states that any team with a head coaching vacancy must interview a minority candidate right yes but that's it that's it 
you can you can usually fulfill that with one courtesy interview. And teams have done that in the past. They've done it in the past. Like they'll they'll have like uh, uh, a minority assistant uh, still with the team. Yes, yeah, so they'll 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 yeah. give that person a courtesy interview. There's yeah, no the serious – yeah, it's a token it, interview. The token interview. <laughs> I mean, and they have no shot of getting that job whatsoever. And you know it because a lot of times these teams know exactly who they're hiring or who they're targeting to hire. Yeah. And I'm looking at – you know, I'm looking at the, the current uh, head coaching spots that have been filled – uh, we said Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. Uh, the Jets hired Robert Saleh Sala. Well, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer. The Falcons hired Arthur Smith. Uh, the Chargers hired Brandon Staley. And as it stands right now, the Texans spot is still open. And the Lions hired Dan Campbell. Now, I don't know if you saw his press conference. I don't know if you saw the highlights of my man press conference. Yeah. This dude is nuts. Okay. Yeah. He, he's talking about, you know, getting knocked to the ground and biting kneecaps. Like, dude, yo, switch the decaf, my man. What <laughs> in the hell are you talking about? He's like, like I, raging it out up there. Like, <laughs> look. My man needs something, man. It's like switch the Sanka or something, dude. Like have a sedative, like <laughs> pop a pill or something. Like take it down a notch. Like he was. Listen, I I give him credit though. Listen, a a for the passion in his press conference, but uh, you know I don't know what the hell he was talking about, but he was saying it. And uh, listen, you listen, you hear the you hear the names coming up for these, like, interviews. And it's pretty much the same guys over and over and over. You know, uh, Josh McDaniels gets his name thrown out there as a possible head coach uh, for the Eagles, and he interviewed for a couple of other spots. Like, why? Why? What did Josh McDaniels do? <laughs> that makes you think that he's worthy of another head coaching job. What? Because he worked under Bill Belichick? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we already look, know that Bill Belichick tree ain't the, the most awesome set of uh, coordinators turned coaches. <laughs> so, no, it's bad. It's bad. His his head coach, like his head coaching tree, sucks. Like okay. somebody, he's no, cut yeah, that. I guess we just be, be frank with it. <laughs> no, listen, man. Listen, I don't. I mean, I can't think of any other word for it. Matt Patricia was a, a disaster. Uh, Josh McDaniels was a disaster. Charlie Weiss in Notre Dame was a disaster. Romeo Crennel was a dis. Like who? Who's branched off from Belichick and and had any amount of recent success now i know i listen i know that you can go back you know when belichick was in cleveland and he had some guys go on to have some success as a head coach but 
Those guys had success in the college ranks. Yeah. None of those guys had success, you know, as in, in, in the pros, in the NFL. I mean, Jim Schwartz certainly didn't. <laughs> you know, he, he got he got a couple of good general managers, but out, like as far as head coaches, no. And I, I, I and I don't I don't I don't think that McDaniel's is going to be the head coach in Houston. Uh, to my understanding, right now they are going to interview Josh McCown and uh, Jim Caldwell for their opening. Um, but even even with that, the Chargers the Chargers bring in a young quarterback in Justin Herbert, right? He has Anthony Lynn as his head coach. The problem with the Chargers was the way that their defense collapsed in a bunch of games this year, where the mm-hmm. offense got them a lead, defense couldn't hold it, they blew games. And he gets fired. He gets fired, and, and to unjustly. Yeah. Unjustly. Because now, now they want to, okay, well, we have this young quarterback, let's bring in a new guy. And now Anthony Lynn does not have a head coaching job anymore. And we saw this happen. Uh, uh, we saw this happen in uh, Tampa Bay, where they brought in uh, they brought in Lovey Smith to be the head coach, and Lovey Smith went nine and seven, and they had a uh, they had an assistant, uh, Dirk Cotter, that they didn't want to leave. And they fired Lovey Smith and hired Dirk Cotter to be their head coach. And the team got worse. Right. Like, black head coaches are not getting the benefit of the doubt. And I'm looking at the list of names who have popped up as far as interviews uh, for head co- open head coaching spots. And it's Eric Bieniemy, Jim Caldwell, Todd Bowles, and Deuce Staley. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all I've heard. Now, Eric Bieniemy's name has been, you know, popping up for the last three years as a possible head coach. And he can he's getting interviewed, but nobody is, like, seriously taking his name into consideration. You're telling me that Eric Bieniemy is less qualified to be a head coach than Arthur Smith? You're telling me that Eric Bieniemy is less qualified to be a head coach than Joe Judge? <laughs> right. You know, like I, I just I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't I understand, understand it. it. You know, and and for the life of me, I, I I love the Eagles, but the treatment of Deuce Staley these last. You know, a couple of times they've been looking for a new head coach is disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. Like, my thing is, if you're going to, you know, he's here. He's already here. He's already playing the, the, the company man role for you. But if you're not seriously going to give him consideration to be a head coach, don't interview him. <laughs> right. Don't interview like, him. Don't use him as the designated token. You know, like, if, if that's what you're going to do, go ahead and interview Todd Bowles. Right. Go ahead and interview Todd Bowles and let Todd Bowles be, you know, 
your fulfillment of what I think is a very flawed system. It's extremely flawed. It's just like, hey, how you doing? All right, sit down. Okay, so you want to be our head coach? Sure do. Why? This is why. All right, thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> right. That's and, and listen, when they passed on Deuce to hire Chip Kelly, okay, fine. Right. When they passed on Deuce to hire Doug Peterson, okay, fine. You're going to pass on Deuce now? He's not ready now? He's done everything this organization has asked him to do. He has consistently, over the last few years, had a quality running back room. Yes. In situations where Doug doesn't even want to run the ball. <laughs> and, 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 and you're going to do this to him again? And, and I think, I think people, people need to understand, for the most part, Eagles fans aren't upset at the hiring of Nick Sirianni because we don't know who the hell he is. Yeah. People are upset because it's like, y'all going to do this to Deuce again? Like, Deuce is, he's, he's, he's our guy. He's been here. Exactly. <laughs> How does he not... <clears throat> All the way back from his playing days. You know, uh, now, to my understanding, the Bears are, uh, I guess they're, they're going to interview Deuce for their offensive coordinator spot that's open. And I'll tell you right now, Deuce needs to leave. Yeah, he's got to go. Deuce needs he's to leave. Go he needs to go. And, and my thing is, I think if, if, and, 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 and I'm putting this in capital letters. I can't believe I have to put this in capital letters. If Eric Bieniemy becomes a head coach, I think Deuce needs to go to Kansas City and work with Andy Reid as the offensive coordinator there. Yeah. That would be the perfect opportunity for Deuce to, if the Bears thing doesn't work out. Right. But at the same time, I can't tell you I have confidence that someone is going to hire Eric Bieniemy to be the head coach. Like it's it's you know, and I said I was going to keep it PG. It's bullshit. It's yeah. complete and utter bullshit that you're telling me. Like I want someone to reasonably sit in front of me and give me legit reasons why Anthony Lynn is not a head coach right now. Give me legit reasons why uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach right now. Why Todd Bowles is not a head coach right now. Why Jim Caldwell is not a head coach right now. Why Lovey Smith is not a head coach right now. I, it's, it's, it's to the point where y'all just abolish the damn thing now. Because it has no meaning. It has no, like, it, it, it's meaningless. It yeah. means nothing because teams are still not hiring these guys. They're not. And I'm going to tell you right now. Now, Urban Meyer is the new, you know, hit college coach that's going to come and revolutionize the NFL. I don't, I, why? Why? Why is Urban Meyer 
a head coach in the NFL. Why? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, didn't he? Didn't he uh, famously like leave uh, uh, his his coaching job because he had like health issues? Um, I'm not sure, so I don't know. If I'm not mistaken, he did. I think he was, oh, man, I think he was at Ohio State, and he had, like, health issues, and because he had health issues, he stepped down. He did step down at one point. That's That was the reason why? Yeah. I think he said it was something like, I think he had some sort of, like, uh, I want to say, it was like, he had heart issues or something like that. I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to put, the, the health reasoning on him, but it, it, like it was definitely health related why he stepped down. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he's going to be the head coach of the worst team in the National Football League. And he's going to turn them around? He is? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, who was the last college guy? to come into the NFL and have even the slightest measure of success. Chip Kelly was a bus. Chip Kelly was a bus. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Uh, Nick Saban was a bus. Yeah. Uh, 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 Steve Spurrier was a bus. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 Bobby Petrino didn't even last an entire season. He straight cut out on the Falcons before the season was over and jumped back to college. And, oh, by the way, Bobby Petrino is a complete scumbag, okay? And I'm not even just talking about the way that he left Atlanta with the little, you know, with a little note that he put in guys' lockers saying, you know, I wish we could have. Man, please. He lied about, you know, looking for another job and then left. Left. Yeah. He didn't even wait until the season was over. <laughs> like the, the the season was still going, and he's at a press conference in Arkansas taking that job while he was still like while he was still with the Falcons. <laughs> uh, like, I I just I what which one. Like which which college coach has come in and had you know a, a level of maintained success in the NFL? And now it's like it used to be you know the trend used hey, to be um, Seahawks coach. Didn't he coach in college? Okay, Carol. Carol. Okay, but here's 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 why here's why I can't automatically give you Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll was an NFL coach. First, to my understanding, and then he coached in college. And he had success at USC and then came back to the NFL. Okay. You know, listen, here's the thing. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll went 10 and 6 and got fired. (laughs) True. He went 10 and 6 and got fired because the Patriots wanted, uh, oh, man, no, wait a minute, not the Patriots. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm off. I'm, I think I'm off by year. I think he coached the Jets first, then the Patriots. No, wait a minute. Oh, I can't remember the order. 
No, he coached the Patriots first, then the Jets. He coached the Patriots, and they let him go because they wanted uh, uh, Parcells. And then he went to the Jets, and they let him go because they wanted Kotite. And, you know, Efforts Kotite. I had to throw it in there. And, and, oh, and, man, and not, not Kotite. Yeah, and, and, and the Jets while we had it for, for – uh, <laughs> Good measure. Good measure. <laughs> but hey, no, the Jets, the Jets might actually now end up with Lawrence, right? <laughs> mm. Since the oh. Jaguars got Urban Meyer, they might want to pick his guy, right? Who? Who's his guy? Uh, uh, you say uh, coach, Fields? Coach? He, yeah. yeah. Oh, he hasn't. Well, Urban Meyer is, hasn't coached in a long time. Like, he <laughs> has, he's been like, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he's been like waiting in the wings before he decided to come back to head coaching. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised if, if because he has a connection with Ohio State, I wouldn't uh-huh. be surprised if he took fields. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they sh- that should be like in his mind, right? <laughs> yeah, that 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 wouldn't be the smartest move, though. Uh, I, I, I mean, <laughs> but 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 it is the Jaguars. You know, it is it is the Jacksonville Jaguars who, you know, I mean, I give them credit. They weren't dumb enough to go out and try to win a bunch of football games like the Jets did. But, you know, I, I really I, – I mean, we, the trend is changing now. The trend used to be old retread coaches were being hired in other places after they left somewhere. Yeah. Now the trend is these young upstart assistants are getting head coaching jobs in in other places. But at the same time, you also have minority assistants in these jobs and they're not even like, they're not even getting serious consideration. Like I said, I think it's complete and utter bullshit. You can't convince me that some of these guys have better resume. Eric B enemy is a super bowl winner. Yeah, he's got an all like Andy Reid. Now, granted, I understand that Andy Reid is typically the play caller in Kansas City, and and I get that. Yeah, but this guy is still having to lead those guys. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that the enemy has no input at all at what's going on with that offense? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And my thing is, if if we're sitting here a couple of weeks from now. Right, yeah. After the chief season ends, and Eric Bieniemy is still not hired as a head coach, you will know for a fact just how bullshit this Rooney Rule is. Change it, get rid of it, or 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 something, because the status quo right now, as far as head coaches getting hired in the NFL, is ridiculous, and and and, and it's not getting any better. It's not. It's not getting any better at all. All right. Well, uh, tomorrow, Sunday, conference championship day. Yeah. One of, I will tell you right now, one of my favorite days of the football season. And uh, we're going to preview uh, the next to last weekend of NFL football. Uh, that we're going to have. Uh, we'll discuss the NFC and AFC Conference Championship games. 
You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. Right, we're back with the Threes on Fire podcast as we prepare to get you out of here. Uh, Want to start this segment off with a quick uh, tip of the cap in salute to uh, both Drew Brees and Philip Rivers. Uh, I know I, I have Drew Brees somewhere in my top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Don't have Philip Rivers there, but he certainly would be in that honorable mention range. Uh, just two guys. No, say it again. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't even actually mean to say that. <laughs> but I was thinking about Phillip Rivers, and you said top 10 honorable mention. And I, I yeah, I mean, I mean, and I don't mean, I don't mean like, I don't mean he's like, I don't, I don't mean to say like he's in that greatness range, but I think when you start talking about some of his accomplishments, just as far as a passer is concerned, like you can't, you can't oh, really, his numbers are there. Yeah, for sure. He definitely has the numbers. Um, now Breeze is definitely solidly in my top five, or yeah, solidly in my top five quarterbacks of all time. He's in my and top you know I I would have Breeze you know fifth in my <laughs> top five. You know not not he's no he's not going to get anywhere near the top three, but I would have Breeze fifth in my top five quarterbacks of all time. Um, real quick, let me see something. <laughs> but let me see something real quick. Uh, Brady. Manning, Montana, Elway, and then you saying Breeze, maybe. Well, here's the thing: I I I don't have that at all. <laughs> okay. I, I don't have that. Like with you, what you just named out, I don't have Elway in my. Actually, looking at it, I actually was bored last night. I don't even have. I don't even have Elway in my top ten. Ooh. I don't. I don't have Elway in my top ten. I, I have Breeze. Yeah, I have Breeze solidly number five. I have Montana, okay, Brady. Okay, go ahead. Montana, Brady, Montana, Brady, Manning, Marino, Breeze. Right. That's what I was going to say. And then I was going to say Dan Marino. You can put Breeze over Dan Real, but you got Marino is fourth and Breeze is fifth. Okay. Yep. Okay. You know, oh, oh, listen, listen. Uh, I don't have Elway as being. <laughs> I don't have Elway as being this great quarterback. I re- no. I really don't. No, I don't. I don't have him. I don't have him in my top ten. I, I don't about like Brett Favre. I have Favre in my top ten. Right. I have. I mean, Favre you said you don't team. even have Elway in the top ten. I don't have Elway in the top ten. No. Wow. Nope. All right, we're gonna go over that. we that will be oh, oh, oh yeah. Listen, we, listen, I already already gave out my five, so and then and then six because you had me named far. I don't, I don't want yeah. to give up the whole thing, man. Because then if we have a you know, if yeah, we, have yeah, a yeah, we had a the discussion, now, then like, yeah, I mean, I didn't even necessarily, I didn't even necessarily name minds and orders. So if anybody's right. when somebody's listening, that's not the concrete order, I just was naming right. Those that I would likely put in my top five. Right. Well, you know, you and I talked about uh, doing a bunch of top fives. So what I did last night, I came up with a bunch of top tens. Yeah. You know, to give myself options so I can whittle it down to five when we do some of these top five lists. <clears throat> right. 
and it's 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 multi like it's not even just all sports related like it, it's a myriad of subjects that I I just went through wrote down ten and said all right if we ever get around to doing some top fives you know I'll have an idea of how to like shape my list now right okay we but uh let's let's oh like, oh man Oh man, listen, those 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 shows are going to be fun, man. I can't wait to get to some of those. Uh but it's conference championship weekend. And I will tell you right now that I get more keyed up for conference championship weekend than I do for Super Bowl weekend. And now the reason why is because I guess it's it's seeing the Super Bowl matchup come into form. And we also had this conversation about how, you know, as a kid, like the Super Bowls would always be like duds. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid. So it's like yeah, the, conference championships, yeah, the conference championships were always the better games. That's true. You're right. And, and, and mind, you, mind you, I know the trend has shifted, you know, to whereas – for some odd reason, some of these conference championship games haven't been very good. But for the most part, they've been great. There have been a couple of duds here or there. Right. But for the most part, the conference championship games are usually more exciting. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know what? You know, if I, get, if I was to give you a, a, a fair comparison, right? Being a college basketball guy, right? Yeah. The first Saturday of the Final Four, Right. Is usually hype. Yeah, you know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of excitement going into those games because yeah. you're waiting for the, the the matchup to finalize itself. And, and it's not that the national championship game doesn't have that same energy. It's just this game right here, man. Like the team that loses this game, like to know that they were one step, one step away from the Super Bowl. You know, and being an Eagles fan, I know too much about the disappointment of losing this game. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's let's kick things off with the NFC Championship game, and this game will be at 3.05 on Fox on Sunday afternoon. It will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Packers come into this game as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Last week, the Packers beat the Los Angeles Rams, almost says St. Louis. They beat the uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Rams 32-18. to 18. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the New Orleans Saints, 30-20. to 20, And that sets up this absolute dream playoff matchup between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers is trying to make it to his second Super Bowl appearance. Tom Brady, oh, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Tom Brady has a chance to make his 10th Super Bowl appearance, which is absolutely positively insane. Uh, these two teams met uh, back in week six in Tampa Bay. It was the Bucks destroying the Packers 38-10. to 10. Uh, In injury news uh, for Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown has been ruled out for this game. Uh, the Bucks are trying to become the first team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. 
the last team to have a shot at playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium was the Minnesota Vikings back in 2017. And uh, Eagles fans listening to this, you know exactly how that ended for them. It was a 38-7 to loss in the NFC Championship game. And uh, quick sidebar, I think it was kind of poetic that those guys uh, stood on our art museum steps doing the skull thing first thing in the morning, the day of the game, and then we end up celebrating the Super Bowl in their building. So thanks, Vikings. Um, I'm going to take uh, – listen, I really – I went back and forth on this one, man. Yeah. I did. I went back and forth on this pick. Oh, boy. Go ahead, man. Almost a no-win situation here, man. It's a uh, no-win situation because – if 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 the Buccaneers win, it's it's Tom Brady, yeah. and then I gotta hear you know I gotta hear Tom Brady getting you know yeah. chewed up for the next two weeks. You know I I really had to fight to clean that up. Uh, <laughs> and, and 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 if the Packers win, I gotta hear Milton's mouth, man. I, I, but yeah. I would much rather hear Milton's mouth than hear like all of the, you know, the, the Brady adoration, uh, the the <laughs> the knee pad wears yeah. of Tom Brady. So uh, I'm I'm taking the Packers. I, I I just think I think the Packers offense right now is is just clicking. They they are. I mean, just you don't know who to stop. At any given moment in time, you you like you think okay, well we'll take Adams away, and now all of a sudden, uh, Valdez Scantling is playing like he's got some sense, uh, and then you figure okay, well we'll stop the passing, and now Aaron Jones is ripping off 15, 20 yard runs on you. I I don't know if the Buccaneers defense is going to be able to hold in this one. Uh, I'm taking the Packers. I'm gonna also take the Packers. Just you already know why. <laughs> anti Brady, so well you got well you anti Brady and you anti Buccaneers. So. Yeah, yeah, that too. So I have no choice but to take the Packers. Really, Mil- Milton's mouth be damned, and all the other Packers fans that I know. Yo, you, it's a whole lot of Packers fans out here. Yeah, how? <laughs> uh, no, I know. Well, how. I know how they they have a great. They have like a great like lineage of good quarterbacks, especially. But like it seems like the team is kind of like always, almost always in it, at least in the as the time we grown up. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, from from, from the time they got what from the time they got Rogers or Favre. Favre. Well, if you're talking about like if you're talking about Packers fans from up here. I think how that happened is I think a lot of that is fans went with Reggie White. Oh. Because they were so yeah, disgusted. That makes sense. That makes sense they were so disgusted with the way that Norman Brayman treated him. And it's like, oh, okay, well, Reggie White Reggie. I'm Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some, you know, some stuck around. And, and <clears throat> I mean, it's not like we're talking about, you know, 
Dallas fans from up here because they they listen. There's a special place in hell required for them. Yeah, I'm um, so sure. <laughs> ain't no way in the world you gonna tell me that you're not a bandwagon jumper, my man. Like you, you, you know what? That's a whole another subject. Cause now I'm about yeah. to go off on tangent about Philadelphia Dallas fans, but you know, all of y'all except <laughs> listen, all of y'all, all of y'all out there except for three can kiss my ass. All right, and yeah, I said it. <laughs> let's move on to the AFC championship game and this game will be at 640 around that time so it's the, the dinner time matchup on CBS between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs this game taking place at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City the Chiefs come into this game as three-point favorites uh Last week it was the Bills defeating the Ravens 17 to 3 and the Chiefs over the Browns 22 to 17. Now, gutsy call by Andy Reid to go forward on fourth down with Chad Henney in as the quarterback with Patrick Mahomes out uh with a concussion. Now, I'll get to that in a second. Uh this is the Bills' first AFC Championship game appearance since 1993. Uh, if you're looking for some irony here, they beat Kansas City in the 1993 AFC Championship game. It was Joe Montana's last conference Ooh. championship. These two teams also played each other in Week 6. It was the Chiefs winning that game 26-17. Um, the Chiefs are the first AFC team to host three straight conference championship games. I know we discussed that last week, and you thought that it was Buffalo during their uh, their four Super Bowl run. Yeah. One of those, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the 92 season. The 92 season, they went to Miami for the conference championship game. The other three, uh, 90 against the Raiders, 91 against the Broncos, and 93 against Kansas City all took place in Buffalo. Do not ask me why I remember that. I just do. Um, now, Patrick Mahomes yeah, suffered a concussion uh, last week, and it looked bad. Like, he got up looking woozy. And he's cleared concussion protocol as of uh, Friday afternoon. So it's expected that he's going to start. Uh, He's also dealing with a toe injury as well, which could affect some of his mobility. But I got to say this. Anybody out there who thought that there was any inclination that if it was a 50-50 chance of him playing, that 50 towards him not playing was ever going to be the option. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I mean, and, and, I, and I've heard people say, oh, God, well, he, it, he's got a concussion. He should sit. Do you not understand the way NFL players operate? Yeah, they must not. And I know people, I'm, listen, I know people think it's strictly the teams. It's strictly like the league and as far as a money aspect. No, 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 no. Let me explain something to you. You have to understand the mindset and just the amount of heart that these NFL players have. Like they know that they are putting their bodies on the line week in and week out. 
And it's not a game. Listen, football is not a game for the weak-minded. Not at all. I don't think there's anybody right now still remaining in the playoffs, especially if we're talking about starters. None of these guys are 100% healthy. None of them. And, 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 and if you think that they are, there's something wrong with you. All of these guys are dealing with some kind of injury. But if you listen, listen to how some of these retired players talk about the amount of surgeries that they've had. You know, the, the amount of pain that they wake up in after games. I remember seeing uh, uh, ESPN had did this thing on Jerome Bettis. And it was the day after the game, and he could not get out of bed. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, he legitimately rolled out of his bed and onto the floor. <laughs> his wife had to help him get up so he could go to the bathroom. Now, I did the weekend warrior thing playing football, and my wife can attest to the fact that on Monday mornings, I was no good. And these guys, these guys, I know that they're, they're getting paid millions, and we know that. We know that they're getting paid handsomely to play a game. But I'm telling you right now, if you thought that there was any chance that Mahomes wasn't going to play in this game, you're the issue. Yeah. Like, like, you need to rectify that among yourself. There was no way if there was a window for him to play that he was going to say, no, I'm not playing. Exactly. Now, now, I don't know how smart it is. I don't know if, if this is going to work out. I don't know if he's going to be effective. I don't know if he's, you know, one hit away from being knocked out of the game again. You know, but if that's how your mind works, if you have that, you know, I could possibly get hurt again, so I'm not going to play. I mean, then you you should know if that's how you feel, you are not equipped to be in the NFL. Right. All of these guys are one play away. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. You know, but anyway. Um, Real quick, though. I guess. Uh, Go ahead. You said his concussion looks. You said it looked bad. But well, that's how you looked at it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm, I keep looking at the, the replay of it. And I'm, I'm, I failed to see like how it even. How was he even concussed by it? Was it like a whiplash kind of a thing? Because I didn't see his head hit at any point. I didn't see. Him okay. Get, I didn't see him get struck in the head. So. All right, now I'm 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 kind of glad you said that. I am. I'm I'm kind of glad you said that because I, I it it will allow me to clear up a misconception about concussions. Okay, people think that a concussion means you had to take a blow to the head. You don't. You don't have to take a blow to the head to get a concussion. Okay. You could be like, say you were running full speed, right, and you hit something chest first, right? Right. The impact of your chest hitting whatever it is that you hit, right? right? The force of it can knock your head backwards and shake your brain. Right. So, okay. So that's why I was trying to get at. So it was all about how violently he got jostled around. Right. Okay. Right. You can take it like you can take a hit to the upper body area. And if the impact is severe enough, it is enough to, like, basically, a concussion is just your brain getting shaken up. 
Right. It's, it's, it's the brain hitting the walls of your skull. Right. And you don't have to take a direct hit to the head to get okay. a concussion. Yeah. But um, listen, the, I guess the question of this game is, can the Bills' defense slow down Kansas City's offense enough to uh, win this game? And, you know, every year, I think, uh, there's a story being told in sports. There's some sort of story being told every year when it comes down to these kinds of moments, especially we're talking championship moments. And I think this may be Buffalo's moment. And I'm taking the Bills to win this game. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is a, a plot twist. <laughs> uh, um, this is actually the one that I was more back and forth with because I was mm-hmm. thinking that, I was kind of thinking that same thing, especially right. especially with uh, you know, my homes being even more vulnerable. Like you said, he might be right. And, and like, as far as one hit away goes, like I mean, like more so. We all know that we're all one hit away, but you know when you when you get concussed, it don't take much mm-hmm. of a hit, you know, no. for that next one they become. You can ask mm-hmm. any, any boxer that's been knocked out and then come back suddenly they have a you know glass jaw. Uh, so oh yeah, ask 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 Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the scary part for me, but I think I'm gonna still I think I'm gonna still go with the Chiefs. Oh man. But I did, I did want to go that route and pick Buffalo. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the Chiefs. I'm gonna stick with the champs. Well, listen, I, I am kind of like I, again, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I think there is a part of me right now that really wants to see Buffalo win this thing, man. <laughs> like this, like there's, there's a part of me that that wants to see, you know. Buffalo finally get that championship because it would exercise all of the demons of them and the way that they like failed spectacularly in the nineties. Yeah. You know, it would finally put Scott Norwood to rest. (laughs) You know, it would finally, you know, it would finally be that moment that, Bills fans have been waiting like almost an entire lifetime for, and I understand it as an Eagles fan. Yeah. You know, I, I understand it, you know, just from the the frustrations we had with, you know, losing conference championship games. Right. You know, and and just that that finally, like that feeling of it finally being there. Now, this is not gonna be easy by any stretch of the imagination. And, and that's whether or not they win this game or the Super Bowl against either Tampa Bay. And wouldn't that be something if Tom Brady was in their way one more time uh, or, or the Packers? Right. But I really I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for the Bills. I, I, I just I, I didn't think that I would like, I honestly didn't think I would get to that point. <laughs> I didn't like there. There was a part of me that was like, okay, this is Kansas City's clear out, clear out. Like this is Kansas City's. They're 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 going back to the Super Bowl, and you know, rubber stamp it, done. 
Yeah. And I want you to understand, I would have picked Buffalo even if Mahomes wasn't coming out of the concussion protocol. Right. Now, I think him coming out of the concussion protocol, like, one thing about it, when you know you're coming out of a concussion, uh-huh. you're going to be a little bit more skittish. Yeah. He's not going to run. He's not going to run with reckless abandon. He's definitely not going to do it. He's going to be a lot more cautious yeah. moving around in, in, in that pocket. And I know for a fact that his coaches are telling him, hey, don't take any unnecessary hits. Right. And I think this Bills defense is going to get after him. And I, listen, I cannot believe that for the first time I am actually going to watch a conference championship or Super Bowl game with full rooting interest for a team that's not my own. I am pulling hard for the Buffalo Bills now. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. I am going to watch this game on Sunday as if I were a Bills fan. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're a temporary Buffalo Bills fan, huh? Yeah. I, listen, I am temporarily going to like put my cheering interest in the Bills, and I know that this is going to be one of those situations where I get let down because <laughs> it tends to happen that way. It does. <laughs> But at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Bills in this game. Well, if they win this game, then I'll be rooting for them in the Super Bowl. So, because I don't want either of those teams to win it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. And 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 should they make it? Yeah, well, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But right. uh, yeah, I, I I'm I, I want to see the Bills win this game tomorrow. Um, this should be a very interesting day of football, and we may want to enjoy it because it, it's not too many of those left. Uh, we got this weekend, we got the Super Bowl, and then we're going to be discussing the offseason, coaching moves, the draft. You know, that's that's about all we're going to have as football fans until uh, until September. Yeah. All right. Well, this one is in the books. Uh, Sadell, you got any uh, final thoughts you want to get out before we get out of here? No, I think we're good, man. All right. Well, listen, once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We, of course, will be back next week. Uh, I am, again, hoping that for Super Bowl weekend, we can line up uh, uh, a guest talker as we preview Super Bowl 55. You guys uh, out there have a great one. Uh, Thanks for listening again, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.